Well, welcome to uh, Not the Only Kids in the Hall podcast. This is a podcast where we uh, talk about kids in the hall episodes and break them down, analyze the sketches, <laughs> dismantle them, show them who's boss. Uh, my name's Nick, and of course, we have Jared, also host of the show, Jared Emick. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. You know, uh, we're down a co-host this this, this week, and um, you know, it's unfortunate, Um but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see if this can still stand, if we can still actually operate this podcast, or if it just completely breaks down in front of us. I mean, I think it's fifty fifty. Well, luckily we'll have some help. Uh, <laughs> luckily, right? No, we do absolutely. I mean, I would consider our guest, uh, you know, a, a, a certainly a, at least a fill in co host. <laughs> oh, that's right, Lita. You're not a guest today. You are a guest co host. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much. I love uh, <laughs> moving up through the yeah. ranks. Thank you. Uh, a, a comedian and actor from New York City. Woo! The big app. Woo! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and from the podcast Women's Alliance, a Survivor podcast. It was a podcast about the band Survivor, I think, if I'm... No, I'm that's right. Yeah. Good. I love that band. <laughs> that or the Destiny's Child song, which was one of my favorites. Just anything Survivor. Survivor. That we cover, we cover okay. the topic. Yeah. No, you nailed it. <laughs> It's Lita Darmy and Lita. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is so fun. I love it. Well, Lita, so we made you watch an episode of Kids in the Hall. Had you had you seen Kids in the Hall before? Do you know Kids in the Hall? Yeah, I know, you know who they are. I know who they are. I know Kids in the Hall a little bit. My best friend from high school, Jamie, who is like a the comedy nerd that like got me very very deep into it. She had like all the DVDs, so when I would like Ooh, go to her wow. house, we would watch. This, amongst other things, but it just very much reminds me of uh, Jamie Siegel. Shout out to Jamie. Um, because I was like, oh, yeah, Jamie used to show me Kids in the Hall. She, like, you know, showed me Strangers with Candy and this. And so I got to expand my my weird comedy horizons. She sounds cool. Can we get her on the show? Yeah, I'll pass on her <laughs> info for sure. <laughs> what, yeah, were, sure. Uh, what were some of the other kind of weird alt comedy things that you guys would uh, w- w- would watch? I mean, it, it's not alt comedy per se, but like we like she is incredibly funny and would do improv. So we would just like nerd out about improv and like not uh. not too alt past like, you know, Amy Sedaris sort of things, but just very much right. knew a lot of facts and would break all these things down and watch a lot of <laughs> compilations of shit, just like a lot of comedy nerds do. Nothing, nothing wild, but. Yeah, yeah, it's funny how like uh, yeah, I was like I was that way too when I was younger. Like I would know facts facts about comedians. Oh yeah, and facts about <laughs> there's nothing more valuable. Yeah, <laughs> than facts about certain specific comedians that are so esoteric, no one knows the same. Today. Yeah, I mean I was the same way with uh, with bands, like probably more so, but right because maybe just because there's more information about that. But yeah, even with comedy, I would like say, oh yeah. Uh, Kevin McDonald was uh, a guest star on news radio where he played <laughs> he played David Foley's uh, magician friend. They were ex-magician partners. It's in, kind of a callback to the way that they were comedy writing partners in Kids in the Hall. So there's a little fact for you guys. Very that important. is super cool. Just yeah. hearing that makes you think, oh, cool, cool. You said it was dorky. You sound cool to me. 
<laughs> so cool. All these all these cool things and and you know what? Applicable everywhere. Everyone's going to be talking about this. <laughs> it's good that I Evergreen. still know that, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Evergreen. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, Lita, do you remember any sketches from from watching them with your with your friend Jamie? Mm. Not I'm not from today's episode. No, 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 yeah, past. I was like just trying to think and I feel like I remember uh what I remember specifically was like I was like, "Oh yeah, these are the guys that will dress up like women in their sketches like very yes. specifically that and i want to say it was like um some character that mark did i remember with like short hair as a woman was in her living room and talking perhaps about a food i don't know but that's i just remember her being like oh yeah her i like her <laughs> that's what i remember just the general vibe i feel of like what are these crazy guys doing dressing up as women and also like at that time <laughs> Men dressing up as women was the funniest. They, like people were like, "Oh, mm. wow, these guys, these guys are fun." Not me, just like society wise. <laughs> I was like, "Why can't a woman be on the show?" Is what I thought. But <laughs> not me, society, society, society. It was society. I'm just like trying to place people where I was at when I first watched this. This was like what, like 2006, 2007. Norbit, you know, was big. So right, all right. <laughs> like Wait, that. was Norbit? Did 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 Eddie Murphy dress up as a woman in Norbit? And Norbit? I've never seen Norbit. I don't know. I just felt like Norbit has just reminded me of this time. Oh, okay. I also did not see <laughs> Shout Norbit. out to Norbit. <laughs> Shout out to Norbit. I just like respect where respect is due. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the clumps predates Norbit, right? I mean, that's yeah, the go-to, yeah. uh, you know, dressing up as a woman reference for Eddie Murphy. Um, but I guess he did do it. I guess, he, yes, that's right. I guess he did do it in several mediums. Um, uh, and of course, because it all predates both of those things. That's this also true. is from that's right. 1990. I would say good, Monty good, Python good is 16 years before Norbit. I would say Monty Python is the uh, dressing up as women reference that I have for comedy sure, that would predate this. I love talking about Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Monty because Python. I'm a little bit more familiar with that. Nick is a big uh, gets the hall person, and mm-hmm. I always try to one up him by saying where <laughs> Monty Python is better. And here's yet another area, though. I must say the way that they did it was just so um, cartoonish and I guess borderline offensive, depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about Kids in the Hall is when they do it, it just feels like super committed. I, get, I guess we've talked about this before a little bit. Yeah. But when they dress up as women, they they really commit to it. It's a totally original character that they are not just saying, oh, well, we need a woman. What do we do? There's actually an interesting sketch in this show that I was going to well, bring up where they, well, what? You don't want me to spoil it, Nick? No spoilers? <laughs> well, I was going to ask Lita if she felt the same way about that about that defense of their cross dressing that you just gave. Right. Um. I. Yeah. I definitely yeah. Hear, I, I, get I guess we should ask <laughs> the woman who we're talking to. Yeah. I do represent all women and have to speak on behalf. Please. Of. But. Um, <laughs> I get what you're saying because a lot of times with, I would like I'll reference like you know SNL or other things right. when someone's playing a woman or at the time I was watching a lot of improv whenever just men were being like, oh, I'm a woman or a girlfriend or a mom in this scene. There was always like an affected voice and uh, yes. like blatantly, quote unquote, like female things, like being like, blah, blah, my period or whatever, like th- like <laughs> those things being the punchlines. Whereas like right now in watching this, I see there's like, it, there is a bit more of a naturalistic approach to these people. Like they're being women. Again, I don't know why they didn't just cast woman like in the kids in the hall. Maybe you both know. But it, they're they're just like playing women as more realistic people, and the jokes of those performances are not necessarily the fact that it's a man dressing as a woman, which I think is like the big 
my one of my pain points when, when watching this like also as an actor being like i don't want it if i'm playing a man i don't want it to be like oh isn't it funny that she's a boy like that's not funny <laughs> what's funny is i guess like the character themselves so that's what i would yeah say. i mean as far as the reason i don't think there is any real reason aside from they just thought it was fun but like for years this I, has well been like they just yeah for men <laughs> right shakespeare <laughs> they, they, they were like they were yeah. a bigger group and slowly people started leaving the group or getting kicked out of the group and eventually it was just five guys so then they just started playing women characters too i guess mm. is the is the official reason yeah. but as for why they never recruited but, any women to the the team that's I don't a good know. point though shakespeare does if i'm not mistaken predate monty python i think just and, by like a hair <laughs> but yeah <laughs> and so you know i would have to look for them for examples of comedy yeah go ahead dick Lita, I did want to ask you, uh, what what other sketch comedy did you like growing up, or or what 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 were your sketch comedy influences? Because you do perform sketch comedy, mm-hmm. still, yeah. Still, you did still. for yeah for years. Still, every once in a while, when I can, yeah. Um, I think just like in general, my like sketch comedy, they're not different from other people's, and that like I watch SNL really young. I watch a little bit of Mad TV, a little bit of this, but I feel feel like mostly sketch wise, it would be SNL, and then any other comedic things i like were like sitcoms so they, i just like mm. th- that's that's like the comedic um like uh, wherever like sitcoms and then also like loving theater and to me the love child of that was getting to do sketch comedy now because like those were big influences so you know you know um <laughs> fresh prince i always say fresh prince because like that was like a really big show for me oh i love fresh prince yeah sure yeah, yeah. it's it's very fun but i know people are like that is your sitcom but i was like i don't know i was like very uh he was so playful as a will smith was as a central character and i was like oh, look at that funny guy i want to be funny i want to play funny people <laughs> I, I mean alfonso ribeiro i would argue oh God, is yeah. maybe one of the better uh sitcom actors I, I think ever really yeah <laughs> just performance wise because you figure like well who else is really bringing it like really performance wise like I'm thinking even between or Seinfeld or Friends or whatever those kind of classic obvious mm-hmm. sitcoms are yeah who is like killing it performance wise and it, it feels well, like it's him the cast James of, Avery I, the, I mean their cast was so good it was really the cast good. of Friends is pretty great too though I, I think they're all fantastic on Friends I also I'm all a six? Friends apologist I think wow. a lot I mean I really I also Friends was huge for me. <laughs> Whatever. I feel it feels like very basic to say that, but I loved I love Friends and I just started like kind of rewatching and be like, "Oh, certain people that I think I underestimated when I used to watch it." I was like, "Wow." Uh like uh um Ro- I'm like Ross great. Geller. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to call him yeah, right. yes, Ross, <laughs> amazing comedian. <laughs> My good friend Ross Geller. Um <laughs> yeah, I I just I'm like, "Oh, you're doing so many physical specific fun choices." Right. That I really, really love. And it's, I feel like with a show like Friends, we're not necessarily like, oh my, oh my God, the fucking character work is like not what people are saying, but the choices that they make, I think elevate the speech, the writing, you know, in a way that I'm like, oh, you can see how that has gotten married. So it's like, as an actor, it's very, very fun to watch. Did, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, why they pay him, what was it, 10 mil an episode? At some point. No. No, I, I think really? at one point there was like a. It was big honestly thing, like close to that, huge. I think. Yeah. Something he I know there was like some time in the run of the show there was like we're all gonna get one million an episode and you could really tell when that was happening, like towards <laughs> the end. And then I'm I'm sure it was higher at the very end. What right. do you mean you can tell when that was happening? Because their performances got so much better. 
<laughs> like no. one there was like ones. money. There they was just cash looked, going out of their pockets. They just looked richer. I think they just looked richer <laughs> to me. Like they, like everyone, they were always just like very tan. Like their hair was just like very done in a way. Like I'm watching the first season right now. I was like, oh, they were like having fun making a show. And then at a certain point, you right. could just tell when it was like the celebrity. Like we're we're seeing Jennifer Aniston, not just Rachel Green. Right. Enter <laughs> yeah. scenes. I feel, but that's always a fun thing to watch with shows. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Nick, I feel I feel shows... like I, I was going to say I, without a May here to move us along. I feel like I oh, we got to get to we got to get to the source <laughs> material. Let's go. Well, yeah. Speaking of watching shows, let's talk about this show. Kids in the episode 11 aired January 16th, 1990. At that time, number one on the U.S. charts was How Am I Supposed to Live Without You oh. by Michael Bolton. Do you know the song leader? Yeah, I heard the song. Oh, you know? OK, <laughs> I, I don't know that I know it. Of- uh, Michael Bolton of the dating game. <laughs> have you seen him on the dating game? <laughs> yes, I have. It looks like they wheeled him out there and said, they like, really just look did. alive. Yeah. Um, he is the underrated comedic performer on that TV show, by the way. I haven't watched it. <laughs> is, I've is only really seen funny? commercials. Is he legit funny or, like, ironically funny? He is on some level both because he, like, he, I feel like he barely moves. He has a beautiful singing voice when he does open his mouth. And all, like, the all the jokes I write for him is just him being like, yeah, I'm Michael Bolton. Like, that's all he does. <laughs> and it's very, very fun to watch. So he's uh, like the, the Lonely Bo- Island version of himself. Exactly. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, he kind of has a comedic career between that, the Lonely Island sketch, and then he did do a, like a comedy special. Oh, really? Like a Valentine's Day comedy special. But that wasn't that a comedy special by Lonely Island? It was pro- by yeah, comedians? I think it was produced by Scott Ackerman. Mm-hmm. And right. Mike Lonely Island was involved somehow. But anyway, number one in Canada the same week, Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins, which just keeps coming back. Wow. How many weeks in a row for this song, Nick? I would say... Uh, three or four weeks? Three or four weeks. Used to be America and Canada every week, but now it's just Canada, so it's slowly making its way out of the charts. Lita, any uh, hot Phil Collins takes? Um... I just think he makes a banger almost almost every time when he wow. does make music. I think he, I mean, the, Tarzan, it goes hard. There's no, some it's so certain, true. There's some certain songs I feel like I used to have to do like uh, dance pieces to, like growing up doing like moderny contemporaries. Like people, he gives the emotion that you that you need whenever you need to dance. So that's good. Also, like this this came out in January, right? So and you're saying like these were popular for those couple weeks i bet it has to do with people who are like cold and in love and just oh, wanting yeah. to listen to the same songs over and over again like this can... is a winter song yeah. for sure that's true yeah. so maybe it's not a good song it was just cold it was just really cold <laughs> and no one was going out and buying their you know tapes at that time that's right back in the olden days when you back had in to the olden days i wasn't even born to buy when things. this when this episode came out i was not born so, oh wow! Wait. Yeah. What, what, what year was I it? I was old. Well, this is <laughs> nineteen ninety. It's January. Oh. And I was born September of that year, so might Wow-y. have existed on some tiny level. I was three. Nick, you want to reveal your age? Uh, in nineteen eighty, I would have been ninety uh, six. Yeah. Oh boy! So we yeah. we when this was airing, we had all sorts of experiences. <laughs> yeah, lead a prenatal. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I was just floating around in some ooze, for sure. Uh, speaking of ooze, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number one at the box office. Secret <laughs> of the ooze. Not true. Oh, beautiful but... transition. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 a count of it's a fake fact. I think speaking I'll get it. Speaking of ooze. 
but okay, let's let's look at this first sketch, yeah. which is titled Night of the Living Dead. And I'll just play a little bit of the beginning here. So this whole sketch is meaningless without the visuals. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and now, I guess, go ahead. I mean, I have, I mean, first, well, let's, before let's we start. Let's explain the sketch. Let's okay, explain the sketch. So explain it's, the sketch. Uh, it's Dave, Dave and Mark as a couple being chased by uh, Scott and Kevin as two slow moving, lackadaisical zombies uh, humming a little do-do-do-do-do tune. And uh, that's basically the premise of the sketch there. They're scared and overwhelmed, even though they could just easily outmaneuver these people. Right, and I and I'm I'm wondering, as I do often with Kids in the Hall, is it based on a specific source material, or is it kind of just a general take on like chase horror movies? Um, I think they look very similar to. I think Mark McKinney especially looks very similar to the character from Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the sketch is called Night of the Living Dead as well. So I, I think that's and there's also a, a canted camera angle once they get into a house into the house that looked very Night of the Living Dead to me. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I guess the game of this would be like the core elements of Night of the Living Dead, or like just the sounds that matter from Night of the Living Dead, or something like that. Like would that maybe does that make sense? That's the camera angle. Camera angle uh, I'm talking about. That, oh, yeah, it's very Night of the Living Dead. Dutch angle, right? Uh, is that is that that's what a that Dutch. is? Yeah, that's a Dutch. We're we're going Dutch. Yeah, Dutch. I can't. I think it's also canted angle is another word for it. Mm. Uh, but Ooh. yeah, this is this. I think the game of the scene is uh, zombies are slow moving, <laughs> and let's play with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that I mean that it is true. I mean, I love. Uh, I love the beat that they keep coming back to of throwing the shoes. Me too. That was very funny. Um, Dave Foley keeps taking off uh, uh, his character's shoes, her shoes. Yeah. And he just keeps regenerating shoes, I guess. To keep throwing, throwing at them. I love that. That was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, it, same. Because it's something that you can do with a video sketch or like a film sketch as opposed to you couldn't do that that part live, but it's such a stupid funny thing to keep saying i really like yeah. that part yeah it was also like i the the slow moving zombie thing is at this point maybe not in 1990 but at this point i feel like we've seen so many takes on that mm-hmm. like people making fun of why are you scared of zombies you could just easily outrun them yeah but uh <laughs> i don't the, know if i've seen that i guess Shaun really? of the dead and stuff is that is that happened in that movie Shaun of the dead i don't know i feel like it's a, it's a common like stand-up thing mm-hmm. i think it is, yeah it's something that i think is spoken about a lot but i think what's like also very funny about these zombies is like they're singing their own theme song in a very like <laughs> chill way <laughs> like they're like we know we have to sing this <laughs> to do it that was my i guess my question is what what is that is that just like is supposed to be some like the crystallization of like a horror mu- movie theme that da, 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 da. like what is that is that just the a noise because zombies make noise or I, that was an odd choice well, to me my thought was uh it's just kind of playing up the idea that that zombies are slow and kind of lackadaisical oh, right. so they're like singing this dumb little song what mm-hmm. did you think Lita? i felt like to me it's like the zombies in the sketch we're like almost phoning it in at their day job. Like their job is to be a zombie yeah. and yes. to just do it in a way where they're like, 
because of the way they're singing it, I was like, oh, they don't they don't want to be doing this. So don't get any pleasure from doing this. <laughs> but right. but you have to do it. So it's just sort of like like it's just it 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 says what they're doing. That's why again, it's like a, it's a more visual sketch. Like the if someone were to look at that script, I'm sure the lines would just be that final line and describing all this action. But it's like a way yeah. to sort of like say how they feel about it that I think is very, very dumb, but fun. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like that too. I, and yeah, you keep bringing up the things that were that made this more fun as a visual sketch mm-hmm. and as a film sketch. Mm-hmm. I, I I think maybe if this were later in the series, they would have like really done more with the film aspect of it and really parodied Night of the Living Dead in a in a harder way. Mm-hmm. Which could have been more fun, whereas this is just pretty basics. A basic, uh, it's filmed very basically. I think. Yeah, I I, like it, it would be an easy thing to shoot. You know, you don't have you need like kind of one haphazard location, and then it's just very a very slow chase. I think it's fun. Right. Yeah, the zombie the zombie makeup is actually not bad. Mm-mm. Better than better than you expect for like a a sketch comedy show. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Pretty cool. I was wondering right. if a lethargic moan would have worked better than the doo doo doo. You know, like a mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, like how zombies yeah, yeah, make yeah. that noise. Uh-huh. What do you think of that pitch? Am I funnier than kids in the hall? <laughs> <laughs> send them notes. <laughs> I'll send them a few notes. Yeah. Uh, no, but I like this one. I like this one. What do we got next here, Nick? It's this one's called "Can Never Go Home," and I lately I've been trying to write down the game of these sketches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As uh, mm. as a way to like sum things up at the beginning, and this one I I wrote down. Scott has a dream sequence where he likes women. <laughs> yeah. So Nick, I think <laughs> I, I don't want to criticize. You think you, I right? don't know what game is? I, I don't want to criticize you, <laughs> but I think you're a bit confused on maybe what game is. <laughs> Last week, this week, you've been kind of just saying what happens in the sketch and defining well, that as game. Long meandering sentences of. This is what happens. And I, <laughs> and, and, and I think it's more about you have to crystallize it into some sort of pattern or system or mindset. I see. I, yeah. What could I, happen My thing next. is, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that this sketch has a game to it. Well, I think, I it's think go ahead. A, yeah. little, I, a little, I think it's a little playlet. I think the, f- the first game move comes when he gets hit in the face and he goes. Well, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and watch that right now. Okay. Yeah. They queued up here. Don't get sarcastic with me, all right? Well, then, then, then try expressing yourself. I am trying to express myself. Try harder. I am trying harder, all right? Come on, you big dumb hun. Oh. <laughs> wow. Maybe women weren't such a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we think of that he, joke? Is, is that an okay joke to make? <laughs> I think the joke is okay. I was a little like, wait, is can we can we make fun of? domestic violence this way Mm, good (laughs) good point i thought when i was watching this i thought that this was going to be a blackout and that was the end of the sketch (laughs) at this move because i wouldn't put that past them (laughs) because leading up to it i agree like i don't think this sketch has like a conventional game um it's very much like a follow the fun like what if we went to this dreamland and then like when we're in the dream then there are more beats to the game but i just think before that it's like a I do like that the base reality is like we see two men that are in a relationship relationship together, which is why the joke payoff of maybe I should be with women is where I'm like, oh, okay. And then we just kind of like go offshoot and it's a different uh beast, I guess. Sort of a different sketch, yeah. Yeah, it, it changes. I, I, 
I would say it's a uh, gay man has an epiphany about women. Is that is that kind of a game? Because then everything else that felt after that punch is filtered through this view of, like he says, maybe I should have dated women or maybe I should have tried women. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's any more of a game than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that like both of these, like trying to boil down what that is, I like wouldn't say that moves were made past those. Yeah. Points or like points of realization. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the thing that I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm seeing moves off of this. Like if someone were to submit the sketch to UCB, it wouldn't it wouldn't go forward because it'd be like, it's fun. It's just like things aren't happening in the way that we present comedic things to happen. You'd need a you'd need a director who uh, (laughs) was cool. I guess. Yeah, they'd be like, like, oh, you have fun. I guess I guess my thought was like, well, they do the punch. And then if the game is gay men having an epiphany about women, I like that it seemed to in the kind of, again, Monty Python-esque sequence. Sorry to bring it up yet again. But where he's dancing on these still images of, you know, of women that he's now considering, you know, to be sexy. It seemed like Mm -hmm. those were mini game moves in that like it was Madonna and nuns and Renaissance paintings. And it just felt like it felt like a gay man's choice of women. (laughs) (laughs) Does that make make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore I thought like, okay, well, that's filthy. And then once he starts talking with Bruce McCullough here in this next part of the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's let's watch a little bit of that. Okay. Boy, I haven't seen you since you stood me up for the high school prom. (laughs) Yeah, about that, Ingrid. It wasn't you that I stood up. It was women. Oh, so it wasn't me that cried ate corn chips, went to the prom anyway, and ended up dancing with the science teacher. No. It was women. Yeah. So it's not me you should be mad at, but gay men who date women. Oh, I was just mad at you all these years. I hope when I wake up, I remember to call my mom and tell her to stop hating you. See, I think it's really just a bunch of funny dialogue and like funny ideas. Yeah. But don't like, you see how that scene was is again part of that game of a gay man having the epiphany about women? Because like, well, then what else would happen? He would have a specific type of woman he would look for, and then he would talk to his ex lover, and he would have a specific conversation about it. Like, I feel like all the the beats are still hitting on this fact that like, oh, I'm I was gay and now I'm straight now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. there's a lot of it feels like a lot of scenes in one. So it's weird to try to sure. label a game across the board. But uh, I thought it was I'll super funny. Yeah, yeah no, I, lo- I love the scene. This this uh, I don't know this actor's name, but I wrote it. It's Scott Thomas, right? This guy? Scott Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Thompson, Thompson. Um, He is actually gay, correct? Yeah, he's the only correct. one in the kids. That, that is, is yeah. actually that is gay. I remember that. But to me, it's almost like a back justification for <laughs> like we like we jump into like his psyche. You know, and got, get to be like, I, I I loved the line about like, it isn't me you should be mad at. It's gay men who date women. Like, I don't, that that to me is like some of the funniest, like one of the funniest things that is said or explored because it's very specific, but like he's the guy that could be talking about things like this. You know what yes. I mean? I, I, I don't know. I think it's really very smart and just like the understanding that like this interaction between the two of them also made. Bruce McCullough gay <laughs> as a woman. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's like very it's, funny. it's very like clearly from uh, Scott's point of view. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah. there was like we, we watched a sketch a few it, weeks ago where Scott Thompson uh, played a character in, in blackface, mm. which was oh wow you know obviously just not a, not great to see. And also it was like kind of them trying to 
take on someone else's point of view or something when right. they, it didn't it feel like felt like they didn't have the they shouldn't have been trying to 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 capture that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's a they good point been, they when, should have been doing their own thing when it's authentic like it's really felt and it really the material really sings and i feel like throughout this whole podcast you know I've, I've realized that he his presence is just so necessary yeah. <laughs> in the group. Like he has, you know, there's some I know we've talked about his history. He's kind of a crazy dude, you know, and he's been he's known for being a little belligerent on set or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I made that up. Right, Nick. But uh, I don't know, belli- you know about belligerent. OK, but maybe like, belligerent too like far, a... but maybe not as much of a team player sometimes as you'd hope he'd be. Mm-hmm. But um I have to say his uh, having every other member of this troop be a, a straight white man and kind of, you know, doing great weird stuff, but stuff that is not necessarily connecting on sort of a personal, uh, you know, level of, oh, I'm a group that's underrepresented or I want to get my voice out here for this particular you know type of person. And it's just so great. Whenever he comes on screen, he is so unapologetic mm-hmm. <laughs> about himself and his identity. And it's. Yeah. His sketches always, you're like, kind of wake you up when you're watching an episode, I feel like. It was, really, it was very cool. I, I agree. Also, I in that sketch, when he jumped on the boobs, I went, oh, my God, boobs. Because I'm not – you don't get to see boobs on TV in a sketch show that, like, you know, I was like, okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I, I, sometimes I guess it's a picture of boobs is 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 better than than boobs. Like, that's – you can use a picture of boobs is, – well, right? this this aired this aired, right? on, this aired on HBO and and the mm, CBC and okay. Canada. Oh, yeah. Okay. So any boobs, so, any boobs are fine. Okay, cool. No Good boob restrictions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't love... know when it played on Comedy Central. I don't know if they like censored that. That's interesting. Right. I loved. Uh, there are so many good gags in this. I love the the kiss that like. The, the McCullough blows a kiss and it like hits him in the face, much it's like the right. punch <laughs> to send him back. That yeah. made me laugh so much. Uh, really that cool. one that that clip you played of where he's you know talking about oh it was women who you know broke up with me instead of my ex boyfriend and um, there was this I, one I, line. I, hmm? Well, I was gonna say I liked the uh, the dialogue between Scott and Mark at the beginning. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> there's the the argument between them was was pretty funny. Uh, I think he the- said I smoke, therefore I'm smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, line, that was such a great defense of smoking. I thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, what I think what caused the argument was that uh, that Mark said that kissing Scott was like kissing an ashtray. Yeah. And he claimed that he came up with that. <laughs> he claimed that he came up with that phrase, and yeah, Scott wouldn't let him wouldn't let him take credit for it. Yeah. That's uh, that's so funny. That that to me is like very much like a very fun beginning of sketch of like you catch people in the middle of a conversation, you know, but we saw them yes. like get there and then move <laughs> away from it. But it was They do that funny. well. They do yeah. those kind of drop in conversations very well. Lita, do you do you write sketches ever or do you mainly act in sketches? Um I write I write a little bit. Over pandemic I started writing sketches. So Ooh. she's new. She's new but she's doing it. Um but you know, I took I took some classes and I think I was never if if it's not for a deadline, I'm like not doing it. Yeah. Apparently that's my whole fucking life, but specifically <laughs> I mean, like I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah, but a, a little a little bit. I definitely have been in the world of sketch long enough that I'm like, yeah, I can talk about this. I get the breakdown, but Well, no, of course. They're so funny. But I was just wondering like if if there are any of the I guess if your favorite sketches you performed in where you've had that like kind of opening that doesn't necessarily course like doesn't necessarily connect to the rest of the sketch oh, that's it's just question. like a fun like thing that, that starts out the sketch i just feel i feel like i've 
been in a lot of sketches that have like I, I think it was maybe it was like Night Eaters or you want to say definitely Night Eaters did it maybe mm-hmm. a little bit um like arch nemesis when I was on them but I, I remember certain things where we just like we get a funny bite at, up top and they'd be like okay now we're gonna get to the game <laughs> like that was yeah. just to like establish <laughs> that like we're all people that talk and funny things happen like you get like a a tiny laugh out of an audience and then you like know right. they're on board to like laugh with the rest of the sketch which i think is always fun so i remember i had a, a sketch that i wrote for night ears which was the ucb sketch team that lita and i uh, were both on and yeah. uh it was it was some sketch about something i don't even remember but at the very beginning everybody was in a restaurant and they all toasted at the same time and said we're friends yeah and then <laughs> it got this huge laugh and that like completely over you know shadowed anything else that was happening <laughs> and the rest of the sketch kind of like petered out it was okay it was about some sushi restaurant i remember I, the sushi yeah yeah I remember yeah the sushi and it was okay but uh man sometimes it's hard to tell whether or not it's worth it to go for that sort of non sequitur gag up top i always try i think it's fun yeah um but you could shoot yourself in the foot if it's too good it sort of like <laughs> sells out the rest of the sketch and if it's not good everyone's like well what was that like <laughs> why yeah, they definitely, try that? Seen, definitely seen some that have bombed yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's watch. Uh, let's watch this Forty Helen sketch real quick. Cause it's thirty. Very quick. There are only thirty of them. Don't age That's right, them. I'm sorry. Don't age them. <laughs> <laughs> thirty Helens agree. I remember a time when coleslaw practically anchored a meal. <laughs> now it just sits there on your plate. Personally, I like the taste. 30 Helens agree. <laughs> Coleslaw deserves another chance. Alita, do you remember these 30 Helens agree segments they would do every now and then? Um, a little bit. Well, after I watched this episode, I went back and I watched the first two episodes. Um, just uh, I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I, I might just watch this whole series. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, shit, I love this. I think yeah. it's so funny. There's a motorcycle. Um, I also think I love the thought that they got they just had like pages and pages of jokes for these women to do. And they just like barreled through and did them all. There was like one with shoes in one of the first two episodes. It was really funny. I like the one that is later in this episode. I really about loved Hawaii. it. About yeah, the Hawaii one. That is so funny. It's, it's such so... a great dead-on observation. You could tell that joke today, I feel like, and kill yeah. the Hawaii joke. It used to be like a reason to get married. That's what they said. Right. Right. So funny. And I also literally just got back from Hawaii a week ago. Oh, no way. Yeah, and so I was just like, this joke is for me. Like, I just thought it was like very, very just a, a very still, funny take, yeah. It is still great, though, Hawaii, right? Oh, it's an, it's still incredible. But I I, yeah. I like that, you know, like 30 years ago, they're yeah. saying like, mm, <laughs> Yeah, it's too it's commercial. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just um, like, yeah, that's a constant talk about that's it. Interesting. That's interesting you brought it up that they shot the, these all together. I haven't noticed if they're all, if they're always wearing the same clothes or not. Or you know, I, I was going to ask that. I mean, and I certainly recognize it's the same actresses in, right right as these helens right in the first as in they, they showed in the first episode so they must have i know nick in one of our previous episodes we with alex estrada we were breaking down kind of the you know the production of this he kept putting on his producer's just to, hat That's yeah just, just to get 30 people on a field and shoot this is an achievement by itself 
Um, now I'm thinking, now that we're so late into the run of the season and there's still these Helens here, like, they must have just ran off... <laughs> You know, like yeah. 20 of them in a row, right? There's no way they keep driving they them back here. I think so. Yeah. I think like <laughs> I- I'm thinking I'm like, okay, I bet you a lot of these women are non-union and you're just like, let's just roll <laughs> through, get as much as we can. There's, I mean, right. this is in Toronto, so it's – they shot some- these all in Toronto. So, I, I mean, I guess they still have act- – But I think there's probably still actors' unions. Yeah. It's the same thing, sure. right? Um, I think so. Yeah, because it's, it's Screen Actors Guild, not necessarily like – but I, I guess, yeah, I don't know different countries rule. But there's – in one, I think it's like the second episode or something. They talk about like, oh, it's really good to invest in a good pair of shoes, and they all pull out a pair of shoes. So I'm like, the <laughs> amount of coordination yeah. that has to be like, we have shoes yes. for all the women, right? We have, everyone has shoes. <laughs> I think it's so funny, and they have to like probably like all pull them at the right. same time. Okay, I hold them it. up. Somebody with a yeah. megaphone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This you is an idea. <laughs> this is an idea that Bruce originally pitched to SNL when he was writing for SNL, like in the late '80s, and oh, yeah. they they were like, they just said, "I don't get it." It's so funny to oh, me. I think it's such it's a good, so quick good. little like palate cleanser between sketches, which I also yeah. think in general I've noticed that they do very well. Like I really like a little short in mm-hmm. and out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's watch this a little bit of this next scene called "Under Control." Under control. Yes. There is a blazing fire a few floors below us. And no, there is no way down because the stairs and the elevators are both, let's just say, inaccessible. Though I could easily say permanently destroyed. Inaccessible. I'll keep it inaccessible. Oh yeah, and the fire's rising towards our floor. What? But I know you guys are aware how important this presentation is, and you would probably want me to continue. So who am I with? The career-minded guys who want me to go ahead? Or the nowhere guys in a downward spiral? <laughs> so I thought this was like the most traditional sketch of the show. Um, I wrote down for a game, Businessmen Go Down with the Ship. Mm-hmm. Jared? Yeah, I would say meeting while office is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't encapsulate that they are uh, determined to make it happen, to make to like to 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 go through with the meeting. Right. I guess would you? I, no, that's a good point. And what was yours? Sorry. Businessmen go down with the ship. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Comparing them down to with the, the Titanic, ship. the Titanic right. uh, violin players is what I guess. Maybe I mean. maybe insist on meeting in building with on fire, something like that. The word. Yeah, I don't know. I think. I think there's something about this sketch that I I, I watched it. I just watched the episode twice, but I on first time I was like, Lita, okay, yeah, we so prepared for. this I episode. literally am I such a I'm it. such a little dork about. <laughs> I, I do it with my own show too. I like I'm like I have to watch it once, like get it, and then I'll like refresh my brain. Um, the first time I was like, okay, yeah, it's like everybody get in here, sketch. We're having a meeting, blah blah blah. Like to me, I'm like we see a million boardroom sketches and in, in sketch in comedy, um, but. Upon like second watch, I was like, oh, I think there's something that's very funny. And I think he says, um, I think that uh, uh, Kevin says it in this sketch about like, are you guys going to be like career men or are you going to go in a downward downward spiral? And to me, there's like a level of like commitment to masculinity, like performative masculinity. And that yes. like, if we admit that something is wrong, we're going to like get into our feelings and right. things are going to kind of like get fucked up and we're going to, you know, go up in a bunch of flames. But if we just like stay businessmen and we commit to this meeting and keep talking about the numbers because you know how important they are, then like we'll be okay. Like that's what I thought was like a no, that, interesting like about that. this. No, yeah. I dig that's that. That's totally true. And then they, 
you, you said we see a lot of board meetings, especially in Kids in the Hall. There's a lot mm-hmm. of businessmen. Yeah. But, like they play businessmen two or three sketches in every episode, it seems like. With this and company I, too, right? I saw. Yeah, AT and Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it, a lot of it is like that about uh, just uh, just hiding your feelings and pushing everything inside and just being a businessman. And that's your identity. And that's uh, yeah. that's all you care about. And yeah. I think that's a big I think that's kind of what they're saying with all their businessmen sketches. Yeah. No, but I, 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 I don't think want, interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't I want to it. bring down the mood, but <laughs> this did remind me of 9-11. Yeah, me too, 100%. Where, yeah. And oh, yeah. not just with the fire and the office, but wasn't there a beat where a guy's jumping out the window? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Totally. I thought <laughs> so the same thing. It was hard for me to separate that in my head. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I totally agree with you, Lita. That is, I think you're totally on point about uh-huh. the, the kind of masculinity and that being the theme of the sketch and- but man, it was hard to appreciate it. I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I cannot knock them for making a sketch, uh, you know, twenty years before nine eleven about nine yeah. eleven. But uh, yeah, uh, it's hard to do an office on fire sketch these days. I mean, yeah, we just can't <laughs> anymore. I, you're right though, because I thought <laughs> yeah. the same thing. But then I'm like, well, you know, this is 2021. Me having like a very significant 2001. And since in a sketch from fucking 1990, they probably didn't like, you know, they probably taped this in 89 or whatever. They uh, probably didn't know about 9-11, right? (laughs) Probably, maybe. But also it's like timelines are wild. They did know Shakespeare. You know what I mean? But I think (laughs) it is. I instantly thought of the same thing because I'm like, oh, that's me watching through my own trauma lens of like, it's scary to see something's wrong with the building and people are still in it. Like that's just instantly you're like, oh, shit. I know. I have one significant (laughs) thing that pops up for me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I did really love this joke, though, uh, to try to maybe slingshot myself back into uh, fun uh, <laughs> sure. times, is that uh, they're all kind of looking around, and then he says, is this a joke? Yeah. And then <laughs> McDonald says, no, and then they instantly freak Wait, out, <laughs> as if they were waiting. That was what they were waiting on. <laughs> we yeah. have to make sure it's not a joke before we completely lose our minds. I thought that, I that really was just it. well executed. I had not a deep observation, but just something that I thought was Ooh, funny. Shallow. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin McDonald's hair looks even crazier when he's wearing a suit. <laughs> like he just <laughs> I love just it. Looks, <laughs> he looks like a I don't know, he looks he doesn't look like a businessman, but I yeah, no. I like his hair. He's fun. He's a funny looking guy. He is a funny, a funny looking guy. guy. Yeah. He is. He is. He looks and- like Boss Baby. Have you already talked about this? Like his face. <laughs> Have we talked oh. about that he looks like Boss Baby? <laughs> <laughs> Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> but in, like, in what way what, how does it okay. look like boss baby i'll tell you so um whenever animators draw like things whatever like uh, an animal or baby whatever to make someone look younger you're gonna put their eyes lower on their face and give them like a bigger forehead which <laughs> he kevin mcdonald has so it just right. reminds me i think because he's in a business suit i'm like he has boss baby Someone saw him and was like, what if a baby was like, so in other words, like someone who shouldn't be wearing a suit, like you're too silly. But also he just looks so, he looks so young. Like there's something that like reminds Mm. me of a baby when looking Mm. at his face. Yeah. This is a compliment. This is a compliment to Kevin, just so he knows. The main thing I think of when I think of boss baby, two things, I guess. Number one, no hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. And number two, diaper. Mr. Alec Baldwin. Oh, diaper. (laughs) I just think he looks like a baby in a suit who is yeah, a boss. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Not necessarily boss baby, but I think actually if you put up a picture of boss baby next to Kevin, you'd be like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> I see some similarities. Think about it. Get back to me. Think about it and get back to me. I think it's a great observation. Okay. <laughs> Let's watch this uh, blackout sketch real quick called Guns- Gunslinger 1. We already saw Gunslinger 2. Do you remember that, Jared? I we remember. Saw Gunslinger 2 yes, that's series. when he was selling uh, like hot dogs or something in the street, right? Yeah, for some reason, this is Gunslinger 1, even though it's in episode 11. But anyways, let's watch it. Whatever. I once shot a man just to watch him die. Then I got distracted and missed it. All my friends tried to describe it to me, but it just isn't the same. Oh, well, you've got your own problems. (laughs) Ignore me. (laughs) Just a fun blackout character, I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a good joke. I, I think the audience is maybe a little confused, and it's a shame that it kind of goes out on tepid applause. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a great bit. I think it's funny, and I'm glad they kind of restrained themselves uh, to make it such a quick blackout. Yeah, I thought it was good. Lita, would you say the sketch is also playing with themes of masculinity? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I mean, honestly, like yes, that. But I think it's 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 more like the humanity thing of being like you want to experience the thing and not. Mm-hmm. hear about it um i think you know you're saying that it does go out on tepid applause i think it's the way he like connects the phrasing between like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying he got distracted it sounds like like as an audience you're going to be listening for a new thing and it doesn't seem as connected which i think is part of why like you're thinking about it a little bit later being like oh that's it we're out okay great yeah no i did like that that was smart but i think it's like the, there was something in the timing of it that i think maybe makes an audience lag. Okay. I agree. He kind of had this moment at the end where he's like, well, the sketch is over. I guess I'll look off into the distance, (laughs) which was like half a cowboy move, but half a like, I have nothing else to do move. And I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. This one I really liked. Oh, yeah. Let's watch the very beginning of this one real quick. Okay. So this one's called Star-Crossed Lovers. Karen and I were so in love. We were like Romeo and Juliet. The only difference between us and the original star-crossed lovers is that we saw other people. The other difference between us and Romeo and Juliet is that no one opposed our love, but by God, I wanted them to. <laughs> you don't... And I feel like that's basically the, the game of the scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That, that last line there. Yes. Uh, very funny monologue yeah. by Bruce. Uh, and it's kind of like... This is, to me, this is like a, a Bruce, a standard Bruce monologue where he's like a, just like an angsty young man who wants to be cool, like the people that he's read about. Mm-hmm. I really Would you like guys it. say that this is a soliloquy in the way that a Shakespearean soliloquy would be, and that's kind of part of it? Or do you think it's just a monologue coincidentally about Shakespeare? Oh, interesting. I don't know anything about Shakespeare. Uh, what would you say, Lita? I know some about Shakespeare. I do think, um, I would say it's it is Shakespearean for sure. I think so, right? And the style yeah. of it, I think the that's style somewhat and intentional. Like, I think so. I think it's like a part of it. It's like he's like on a little grassy knoll and like right, right. <laughs> oh, I mean, and they're definitely playing like the mandolin. Life. Yeah, the mandolin yeah. Movie. I think it's I think it's really Shakespearean and very. I think it's, I think it's, I just think it's like I was like this is a really good monologue. People should perform this. I think it's very funny. <laughs> Yeah, they have a lot of great monologues. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me play uh, another line that I liked particularly from the, the sketch. Can I guess what it is, Nick? Uh, write it, it down. I wrote down um, the line that I like, but I want. 
I'm going to, well, I, I think it's uh, going to be, because I wrote down a couple, but I think Nick, your favorite was probably, uh, most of my friends didn't fall for it. They're very cunning. They work in bookstores. No, but I did, I did write down that line. I, <laughs> that was, was my line. <laughs> I, I loved line. it because I did work in bookstores. So I was like, this is me. But I think this is, I think this is the most quotable line from, from the sketch. But friends, then one day it happened. Karen came over to my house and she was drunk. Drunk on love? No. Yeah. <laughs> drunk <laughs> on gin. <laughs> which is quite different. <laughs> but sort of the same, I guess. This is very Drunk funny. on gin no. was the other one. I, that was my second place. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Um, yeah. Really funny. Um, no notes on this one. Yeah, no, it's really good. Man romanticizes his life. It's very good. Lita, you're probably the person that's been the most enthusiastic about this, uh, about the Kids in the Hall that we've had on the, really? on the show. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, it's it's a good app. I mean, it's one of the better ones, I think, that we've watched. Uh, no, yet, Lita, you'd be surprised. Uh, or maybe you wouldn't be. I don't know. But most of the other episodes, uh, a lot of the guests spend time Talking about how they don't either like talk. Yeah, talking about how it sucks or that, I mean, there were some parts that were problematic and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the conversation is, you know, whether we like it or not, kind of driven towards breaking that down because it's yeah. like, you know, we have to talk about some of the stuff that they do in the earlier episodes. Um, and that kind of sours, I think, the opinion on the entire episode. I don't yeah. know. I think if you went maybe sketch by sketch by sketch, uh, you know, people would, would dig each one a little bit more in and of themselves but sometimes a whole episode is colored by something weird or bad that happens but this one gratefully is free of any of that i get that i was i think like on first first watch i was like oh this is an okay episode and then i went back and like i said i watched the first two and i Mm. watched this again and i was like oh i like i'm having fun thinking about like where they got to between like episode two and 11 and then also thinking yeah. about like what it's like to make a show with your friends and like it doesn't need to be the f- smartest, funniest thing in the world. It's just like fun that you're making it. Um, and I also like did see a sketch where uh, Scott was like playing sort of like a lounge singer and he did say the F word. And I was like, thank God I'm not on that episode because uh, that would be like <laughs> well, less says, fun for me. I know he says it a lot. Um, he says it a lot. Yeah. And the blackface, I'm also glad like that was in my episode. So maybe this is just like a... <laughs> more enjoyable episode but i think it's just like fun to get to see like you know sketch from like 30 years ago and like you know when we broke down that dream sketch like thinking about like oh yeah i guess not everything has to be beat 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 but um in terms of like game but i was like i've also been on teams where they're like what if we just had fun and i was like oh yeah i guess like no one is policing us (laughs) you could just like do (laughs) but what would the artistic director say i know it's like it's really hard to break out of that UCB was policing us. <laughs> like, they were. They'd be like, also, here are notes about why this is bad. And you're like, well, fuck me, I guess. Like, Right. I mean, it would literally be, you know, it sounds so dumb. Like, why don't you just do the joke you want to do? Mm-hmm. But they would take you off the stage. I mean, if you didn't do if yeah. you didn't do enough sketches in the way that they wanted or even improv scenes, like I, I wasn't on an improv house team, but I know stories of people super anxious when they go on stage for a show because it's like oh they're being <laughs> watched and if they fuck up they're gonna get notes and it's they they don't if they fuck up again they're basically taken off the team right i mean it wasn't maybe as cutthroat I mean, there, as I'm there describing also it, there also is probably but, a level of if, if you're getting a really great reaction then mm-hmm. you're probably fine but right right you know, uh, hey, but anyway let's uh let's but, yeah we got to keep moving let's watch uh the beginning of this barbershop sketch the last sketch called barbershop 
He admits that he'd been drinking on the night in question, but he still swears to God he was out night fishing. And he saw a spherical object descend from the sky. The doors opened, and these aliens began unloading crates of Bigfoots. Crate after crate of Bigfoots. Now he sees them, and they next! see next. What? What? What do you mean next? Next? I mean next. The haircut's over. Haircut's never over. No. What's <laughs> over this time, Billy? There's not another hair to cut. Therefore, the haircut's over. Mm. Well, well, just wait a minute. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? I I, I liked it. I... I thought it was cute. That was fun. I was like, it's a f- yeah. Boys want to be friends. <laughs> they don't know how to talk about it. They're like, we can't. We can't just like tell stories. We have to be doing something. That's what I like. I think it's yeah. sweet about it. I like that. Here. Yeah. I I kind of think that this is a great example of uh, you know, them being great at secondary characters and and and, and role player <laughs> characters. Like these three guys that are on the on the screen now. I mean, it, it's Thompson, Foley, and McCullough. Yeah. Uh, Thompson in particular playing almost like he has like a monkey like posture almost. They called him yeah. idiot. Don't they call him idiot boy <laughs> at the end? Oh man. They call him idiot boy. That. Yeah, at the very end, I think uh, they're saying goodbye, and idiot boy goes to like hug um, uh, Mark. I think. He's like, oh, idiot boy. And I was like, that's very funny. That's just like a, <laughs> a tiny little, like, if you catch it, you catch it. It's very I, funny. Totally. I really love I really love this part too with Bruce McCullough. <laughs> you know. Oh. Wrong timestamp. Never mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> well that's when to, McCullough to when yeah, McCullough tried to tell his own story. Oh uh, yeah, and he really just funny. like really could Yeah, super yeah. funny. And and I think to Lita's point of them, like, just having fun, like, you really get that sense. Sometimes when I would be doing sketch at UCB and you'd have a one-line character or two-line character and they would come up before the show and be like, what do you think of this, like, crazy outfit <laughs> or, like, insane <laughs> look? Or, like, how about this wild line read? And sometimes as a writer, I'd think, like, I don't know. Does it need that? Like, really? I don't want yeah. you to distract from the game and all this. And it's mm-hmm. like you realize, yeah, of course, like you can make a sketch, like you can be the most memorable, funny thing. And I feel like, yeah, yeah to your point, McCullough, I think even though McKinney is doing all the talking here, I think maybe the funniest one in the sketch is McCullough. And then maybe even Thompson, yeah. just by almost saying nothing. Yeah. Um, I just really, I thought it was a great example of, of, of you know, showing that What's that what, line cliche I thing that, that everybody like? says? It's not the, uh, there are no bad actors. There's only bad. Only small. No small actors. Parts. Small That's parts. right. Small That's parts, right. only small actors, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree re- with that. Real quick, a couple lines I liked. Um, I've seen that catfish. It's at the mayor's office. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I think it was the biggest catfish. And then another one, uh, your money's no good here. Best set I of know. hair I ever cut. <laughs> I like the one where they said uh, they wanted to hear a story about three thumb Jake, and they all said three thumb Jake, three thumb Jake, and McKinney said, "Oh, you guys want a three thumber?" <laughs> I like I like whenever they're all mad at um, at Kevin, and he just like has to cut the one hair, and I just like the business of the like cutting a wisp of hair, which it just looks like he cuts it from the base of the hair. It's so yes. stupid and so funny, but like a very small little silly thing that i really very liked. funny uh hair cutting like i feel yeah. like that's not easy to sell that you're doing absolutely nothing time. yeah you have to make it look funny and real sort of at the same time and uh yeah mcdonald does a really funny job doing it 
And I also love when he, I guess I love, I'm loving all the prop work. I love when he measures the sideburns with a yardstick. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. But I it really great. appreciate it. They're like, and he's like, nope, they're three and a half inches each. I don't know. Very stupid. Yeah, that's my specialty, I think he says. Yeah. yeah. And I also well, love when he's, uh, Mc, uh, McKinney is saying goodbye. And they're all kind of somberly saying goodbye yeah. to him because they know he's not going to tell us to it. And then at the very end, you know, they say like something about a pretty woman or something. He says, now, don't you go worrying about me and pretty women. <laughs> and then his face drops. <laughs> and he walks out very sad. Lots of good moments in this one. It's like, good ensemble I piece. I was winning with all of them. Why the fuck would I punch myself? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A funny um, sketch. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, Lita, do you have any other thoughts? Closing thoughts, right? Because it's all. Mm, let me see. Uh, no, I think it's. I just think it's very. I, I, you know what I want to say about this episode or all episodes? I love the credits. All the opening credits. Oh I no! Think so- oh my! You just I, made a new best friend in Nick Ramirez. That's his I favorite usually, part. Too. I usually bring that up in every episode about how cool I think the credits are. And nobody I think agrees. They're so cool. I don't know why. It's they're just like. The way, again, I do not mean to be shitting on UCB, but it's our, like, shared language. The way everyone was like, oh, yeah, UCB was so punk rock. And I think by the time maybe we were all doing it, it didn't feel like that. But, like, yeah. these credits just remind me of they're just like, we're just a ragtag gang. We wear flannel. We we yeah. <laughs> play around outside. And I just think it's, like, it's a very good uh, look into, like, in time where they were, who they are outside of, like, these wigs and funny things. I really, I just think it's. And it's, a cool it's so mood. funny. Nick feels the same exact way, and I've always, I've, I, I you hate them. To watch it over and over again. Well, it's not that I hate them. I just, I don't. They don't pop to me. They don't mm-hmm. see to me. They just feel like a SNL, just kind of, you know, a take on the SNL opening credits, basically. Yeah. Which, I mean, that song is uh, also I guess it's fine. That song is yeah. also great. I love the song, and the I love song that it's shot good, on yeah. Super Eight. Mil- or maybe maybe I'm not appreciating cool. the context as much as I feel like I need to. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like. For the time, it was pretty cool. I guess I'll concede it. Lita convinced me. Not <laughs> no, no. See it again. I mean, also at a certain point, you're going to be like, I'm tired of these opening credits. I don't know if they ever change, but they, I thought they, they were fun. They they change a little bit. Still the same song. Still the same idea, but they, they change a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lita. Uh, thank you. You mentioned the Women's Alliance podcast. Yeah, I host a podcast. If anyone is a survivor, a CBS survivor watcher, uh, my one of my best friends Jenny Gorlick and I we review uh really good seasons and now we're doing the current season that's airing on EBS on CBS like live finally season 41 and it's a fun time so I do that <laughs> season 41 season 41 that's a funny baby thing to say <laughs> oh yeah i mean we have you say have... cbs is that was there is there a different is there another survivor that's i just wanted CBS? to i just wanted to make sure that no one thought that i kept reviewing the destiny child song survivor i just <laughs> oh, oh, tried to, <laughs> to clarify <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. um that it's it's the uh, it's the hit show <laughs> hosted by by jeff probst uh yeah and i do that and then we Host little watch parties in Brooklyn if people like to watch TV live. You know, <laughs> you can do that with with me on Wednesdays in, in at Tailgate Brooklyn in Williamsburg. I'll be there watching the show, making funnies. You know, awesome. I love it. Lito, yeah. will you come on the show again sometime? Oh my god, I would love to. Are you kidding? Now I have to go watch the whole show. <laughs> All right. Well, Great. thanks again, and keep crushing those heads. Mm-hmm.